Today's episode of the Theater People podcast is brought to you by Stage Door Manor. Stage Door Manor is currently accepting applications for their summer theater programs. You can find information and application forms at stagedoormanor.com. Welcome to the Theater People podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hines. You guys, as many of you know, this season in the Broadway revival of Sunset Boulevard, we have on loan from Mother England one of the West End's biggest stars, Michael Xavier. He has starred in countless productions in the West End. I mean that literally, you guys. I actually tried to count, but there are too many. In 2011, he was nominated for two Olivier Awards, for Supporting Actor in a Musical, for Cinderella's Prince and the Wolf in Into the Woods, and for Leading Actor in a Musical for the role of Oliver in Love Story. And now he's making a stunning Broadway debut as Joe Gillis in Sunset Boulevard, alongside Glenn Close. He was hilarious and charming and just perfectly British, and I loved chatting with him. Here's our conversation. Hi, Michael Xavier. Hello, sir. Um, if our listeners are going to hear me sounding like a scre- like a screeching nervous wreck, it's because I've got the times wrong and I'm going to feel terrible about it until I die. <laughs> so fine. we're running 10 minutes behind for your interview. Absolutely fine. I might kill myself. <laughs> Would it make you feel better if I said I was 10 minutes late? Yeah. There you go. So- there you go. I was 10 minutes late. It's, we're on time. Well, welcome to New York. Thank you. How's Thank it going? You. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm having the best time. It's yeah. freezing, right? The weather is really bizarre. You, well, really yes, because it's actually getting really warm days. Really warm days. Yep. I mean, it was like nearly 70 degrees like two I know. days ago. I know. And now it's freezing again. I know. So I can't, I don't know what to wear. What is it like in London? Is it is it pretty, like, it's, even? We have cold snaps, but normally it's, you know, they start, it starts to get cold and then suddenly you'll have a really cold day. Yeah. But you won't have these warm days, cold days, warm days, cold days. That's that why everyone's happening. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Sunset Boulevard. Let's. I'm trying to I'm trying to understand how it was in in London. Was it officially a West End production? Yes. It so was. it was okay. Yeah. So it's the English National Opera's production mm-hmm. that was done at the, the Coliseum. The Coliseum. Sorry, I told you. <laughs> and is that is that like a West End theater? Well, well, it's um, it's the English National Opera venue. So uh, they do operas there. But what they've started to do, um, we were the second year of them deciding to do a musical for their summer season. Um, so normally it's only opera. Ah. Uh, but the year before, they did uh, Sweeney Todd, which Lonnie Price directed, our, our director, same director. Um, and so this was the second year they were doing it, Sunset, this, that last year, I should say, last summer. This summer they've got Carousel. So that's the idea, is they're always oh. going to do a musical every every summer. It's like a part of their season. And it's a huge house, right? I was looking at pictures yeah. of it. How many, Do you have any idea how many seats that 2, is? 2,300 seats. And yeah. what is like a typical West End theater? Um, like a Broadway theater? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, they, they vary, but probably averaging 1,200 seats, maybe 1,500 seats. Yeah. yeah. So it's a huge venue. Yeah. Enormous. I was reading um, on the boards about you, like on like the chat boards, and it apparently it God. seems like everybody was like, this was like a thing that everybody wanted you to do eventually someday in your career was this role. Did you, oh, know, really? did you know that? No, I didn't know that, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> How did the role come to you? Well, um, it was actually a, a few friends of mine messaged me separately and said, oh, I hear they're doing Sunset Boulevard. Uh, you know, you'd be great for Joe. 
so I was, I'm always the last to know everything. So, <laughs> so I uh, put a call in with my agent and said, uh, oh, I hear they're doing Sunset Boulevard, you know, put, put, a, put a word in for me. Um, and, and so I, you know, I went through the audition process. Um, and, uh, well, I actually was lucky enough to only have to do one audition. Uh, they filmed my audition and sent it to Glenn, sent it to Andrew, uh, sent it to Don Black and Christopher Hampton and, uh, for their approval. And that was it. It was wow. really easy. <laughs> and it was, a, it was like a short run over there, too. It was like 43 performances. Uh, that's so, right. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah it was, I'm good um, with numbers. Wow. Yeah. It was five <laughs> weeks. I'm not sure exactly yeah. how many performances. Yeah. And when you did you know from the beginning that you were going to be working with Glenn Close? I promise I'm not going to ask you a million questions about Glenn Close. But, well, like, <laughs> Everybody else know? does. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting used to it. No, it's all. This is about you. We no. want to talk to you. But Thanks. I'm curious. Like, it must be crazy to like know that you're going to work with Glenn Close. Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm a bit of a strange fish in that I never get starstruck. So I. I was. You know. Of course, it was exciting. You know, getting to work with an amazing actor. Um. But I wasn't intimidated by the thought of it and I wasn't scared about it and you know I, I always kind of take people as I find them you know you know so I met Glenn and she was lovely and generous and kind and and we just sat and read the script and she said that was great and you know really yeah and she said oh your accent is brilliant so which was which was nice um and and then we started to just rehearse and play and and I, you know, I I, uh, I kind of earned my stripes, if you like, with Glenn. But um, but she was so lovely and so open to me, you know, doing my version of Joe Gillis and not the version that twenty years before she was expecting. So, mm-hmm. um, my mom was her gym teacher. No way. My mother is only like three or four years older than her, but my mom was her gym teacher, and oh, they were right? like friends. My mom and Glenn Close hung out like before Glenn became famous. That's hilarious. That well, funny? you'll have to give me her name, and I'll pass, yeah. I'll pass I her actually love got forward. to meet Glenn once, and Glenn has no recollection of my mother. Oh really? <laughs> she meets a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I was like, I you remember Rosemary Hall? And she she literally said, "Well, if she says she was there, she probably was." <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask about Lonnie Price. He's like one of our great directors. Uh How how is it to be? How is he as a director? I love him. I think he's he's a brilliant director. He's uh, I think being uh, an actor working with a director who has previously been an actor, they understand. He understands how to communicate with an actor. He understands how to how to pass a note on, if you like. and how to get the best out of you. There's a lot of directors out there who are fantastic visual directors, or they they have a great vision for a piece, a great idea, but they don't necessarily know how to translate that into kind of layman's terms for the for the actor themselves. And Lonnie's great at doing both. I think he's superb. How how long is your rehearsal process there? Is it sim- is it like four weeks? It was. I think we did five, including the whole tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, the technical rehearsals so it was five weeks from the very first day of rehearsals to the first preview but we only had three previews and then oh. we had our press night wow. so we we didn't have much time to you know 
get good at it. You know, you, you, you kind of have like five weeks of previews here before you have any press in. Yeah. Um, and when you're previewing, you have your whole set. You have the whole thing, right? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The same set there that you have here. Yep, exactly. The set's pretty remarkable. I was saying yeah. after I saw it that, like, if there is a stripped-down version of something, that's what I want to see. I right. love – I mean, number one, to have the orchestra on the stage. Was it the same way there? Yep. It's like a huge orchestra. How many pieces are in that, that it's orchestra? It's 41 here. I mean, yeah. is that a different dynamic than – is, like, your playing yes. space a lot smaller? It is. The stage at the ENO, the Coliseum in London, was epic. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. It was so deep. And and even the amount of space we used, they still had almost like the size of the stage again behind. Because yeah. they're used to doing these enormous, elaborate uh, opera productions. Um, so we had tons of space. Um, but here, it's it's more kind of condensed. It's slightly narrower at the sides, and it's, 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 less, it's less deep. So... We are. We have a smaller playing space, but it still works perfectly because we don't need an enormous amount of space. Yeah, to be honest. Um, but having them there with us is such a different dynamic than having them underneath the stage. It's so much better. It's cool too that, like in in a production that that is done by an orchestra like that, mm-hmm. like the conductor seems to, like a big deal, and like the first chair, like the musicians are definitely a more. It feels to me like a more prominent like their contribution to the piece is more um i don't i don't want to say it's, i don't want to say it's more but it just it feels like they're the direction is almost built sort of around their contribution as much as it is about the actors yeah well i think it's that they're of equal importance and i think that should be the case with musical theater because you know the the playing the music for god's sake yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was so integral to the to the show and it's uh, i hate the fact that orchestras get stuck underneath the pit and no one sees them so yeah. i love the fact that people actually are on display and i was thinking too i was reading that this is not the first time you've done sunset boulevard right you it's did not it a long time I, ago i did a uh, a radio version for bbc radio 2 uh that we did in in cork opera house in ireland for two nights so it's in front of a live audience oh, twice wow um and that was uh just recorded for radio so that uh, but so i played Artie, yeah the friend how did you find out that you guys were coming to broadway well, it's quite a funny story, actually. I was on. Um, <laughs> I, I I had been previously telling this story. Um, well, I say story; it's the truth. But um, I've been previously saying this, and then I watched the Oscars and saw this whole um, comedy thing about uh, these bus tours that go around looking at these famous people's houses. Yes. Um, so I kind of uh, ended up getting dragged onto one of these bus tours in LA and I was sitting on this bus getting, you know, it was kind of a nice way to see LA, I suppose. Sure, you know, yeah. It was the first time I've been there. Um, and anyway, I was, I was driving around and, and uh, my phone was buzzing away in my pocket. I thought, oh, someone's calling me. And I pulled my phone out and it was Glenn Close. And I thought, well, I can't, I can't turn to the guy hosting this you know, <laughs> event and say, uh, oh, sorry, excuse me a minute. I just need to get this call. It's Glenn Close calling me. He'd be like, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> it's clearly your mom, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, it's so my mom. I, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I, um, I, I didn't answer the call. I thought, oh, I'll call about later. Oh, my God, uh, you sent Glenn Close to voicemail. I did, yeah. Sorry, Glenn, sorry. Um, She's a huge fan. She listens uh, to every episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, I, I rang her when we got off, the, off this bus and uh and and I called her up and and the first thing she said was we're going to Broadway <laughs> destination for the stony hearted 
forgotten how they started here on Sunset Boulevard. Broadway something you always wanted to do? Like, did you care about that? Yeah, of is, course. What of is course. what do English actors? I think for American actors to play the West End feels very prestigious because mm-hmm. we're going to the motherland of acting. Uh-huh. How? What do British actors feel about coming to Broadway? Well, uh, in the way that you British theatre actors, American theatre actors think that British is you know, the motherland of theatre. I think I think the West End is the motherland of straight theatre plays, uh-huh. um, but. Broadway is the home of musical theatre. Uh-huh. So I think, you know, being a musical theatre performer, it's like the top of the rung to yeah. be here. <laughs> yeah, that's so exciting. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, it's amazing. Thanks, Brit- thanks British actors. <laughs> um, wh- so what was the time difference between, like, getting that call and then actually, like, getting to New York? Oh, two or three months, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Um, and how is it to, like, play Broadway? Like, how do you find our audiences? Are we good and are we... Like, is it... Is it different to play a New York house than a, than a London house? Um, it is. It is. There's there's a there's something about an, a Broadway audience which is kind of more what I'd say front footed. You know, they're, they're, what does that mean? It's, it's like the the audience. Well, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> it's like the audience are um, kind of like leaning in and and wanting it to be great. Yeah. And the, the, the minute the curtain goes up, there's a big round of applause yeah. and there's a tangible excitement in the in in the uh, in the audience in the auditorium. Um, Poor Glenn Close that has to hold every five seconds for like ten minutes of applause. Oh yeah! You, like, every time she breathes on that stage, like the audience, it's like shuts down the house. For your show is eight hours long because of Glenn Close. I'm just kidding. It's not long. It's really not eight hours it's long. Come not and see eight it. Hours long. It's so good. <laughs> um, and what else was I going to ask you about it? I don't know, Michael Xavier. Are you having fun doing the show here? How could I not? Yeah. I'm working. I'm singing Andrew Lloyd Webber's what I think is his greatest score with a 41-piece orchestra yeah. in the heart of Times Square on Broadway at the Palace Theatre, opposite Glenn Close. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. You know, what else? What, <laughs> what's wrong with it? Yeah. And you guys are just here for 10 weeks, right? That's it? Uh, or did it extend? We, it did extend. Yeah. We are here for um, 20 weeks altogether. Actually. Wow. Yeah. We, we run till the 25th of June. And now a word from our sponsor. Do you wake up humming Hamilton and singing Sondheim? Do you dream of a place where there are Shakespeare flash mobs, Happy Birthday is sung in harmony, and surprise Broadway guests fill your world? At Stage Door Manor, kids from every state and six continents spend their summer totally immersed in the magic of theater. I'm sure almost all of you know that Stage Door Manor is the inspiration for Todd Graff's movie Camp and Mickey Rapkin's book Theater Geek. But did you know that you've seen plenty of their alums on stage, screen, and behind the scenes? Natalie Portman, Mandy Moore, Zach Braff, Robert Downey Jr., Sean Levy, and Janine Tesori all spent their summers in the Catskill Mountains of New York. Stage Door Manor produces an unbelievable 42 full-scale shows in eight on-campus theaters, and there are more than 100 classes at beginning and advanced levels. Everything from playwriting to stage combat. If it's theater-related, they do it. Stage door premieres include original stage versions of Rent, Avenue Q, Andrew Lippa's Wild Party, Woman in White, and High School Musical. Stage door welcomes kids ages 10 to 18, and there are no auditions for admission. They accept all levels of experience and talent and find roles for students in shows where everyone can have his or her moment in the spotlight. 
Worth Magazine named Stage Door among the top 10 summer programs in the world, and it's been called the Hollywood High of summer camps by Playbill. No wonder sessions fill up quickly. Spots are almost gone for the summer, so hurry and go online to stagedoormanor.com for more info. Can I ask you some just like questions that I'm curious about? Please do. Did you have to find your own housing? Uh, no. Did they find you at like a nice place? They found me an apartment, yeah. Um, do you like like living in New York City? Loving it. Yeah? Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Yeah. It's such a great atmosphere here. It's just like a real like buzz and excitement and and I it's funny cuz we kind of obviously when you you know don't live here, you watch a lot of movies and watch a lot of TV. Um and the the preconception of New York for me was always get out of my way I'm walking here you know yes. and then and then bleep 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 you know people punching people in the street so I was kind of expecting a hostility shall yeah. we say you know um, and, you seem uh, like a fast walker that's all we yeah, really I, want I've got we long legs you know. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so it's been the complete opposite of that I feel like everybody's been so excitable and uh, supportive and positive and um, everybody I meet you know from people you know shopkeepers to, to cab drivers to everybody it just yeah. seems so friendly and willing to talk and you know in London I mean I love London but but quite often people tend to kind of keep their heads down and not want to include you in their space and you know uh, very rare that you make eye contact with anybody in London. <laughs> really? Is that true? Yeah. It's so funny because I feel like when I go to London, I have the experience you're having here where I'm like, everyone is so nice oh, here. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe it's just a cultural thing then. Maybe it's just... Um, it's a combination of your face and your accent. People want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean, darling. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Um, one of the things, I don't know if it's unique to New York, but I feel like when I've talked to other British actors that, like, we have a bear, we have like a really big community here where people like do stuff on their nights off and perform. You, you, and went, you went like this and as you said bear and I thought you were about to say bear chest. Like ripping I was promised you'd be in the trunks. Know. I don't know. I'm just waiting for the trunks to happen. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's reason to see the show, you guys. Um, do you, is there, is it the same in London? Like, do you guys have like as strong a sense of community for your theater performers as we do here? We do, but I think it's more amplified here. I feel like it, because it's uh, Manhattan is more condensed. I feel like it feels like everybody is yeah, within a true. few blocks of each other. Whereas in London, it's such a spread out city; it's yeah. so huge. You know, people live in different parts of London and, and, and a lot outside of London as well. So there is a community of the people you know, but uh, you know they're, they're physically, geographically more spread. Yeah. Um, but here it feels like you could just call somebody up and they're like, oh yeah, I'm only two, two blocks down the yeah. road. Come and have a cup of tea or, or <laughs> a coffee. Or like a cocktail. Yeah. Like, let's <laughs> or, be serious. Or a cocktail. Well, <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> um, can we talk about The Secret Garden? Yeah. So Daisy Egan is one of my very best friends. She's great. She's, she's so, um, she's such a lo- lovely person and she's so brilliant at what she does. And, yeah. you know, I just, I just want her to carry on working and being amazingly successful because yeah. she, she is so good at what she does and I feel like you know she's gone from winning this incredible Tony award and and, yeah. and you know how do you how do you top that when you're that age? you know yeah exactly you know and that's a that's a difficult journey to have to make but you know I think she's she's really an incredible actress and you know I I just hope she carries on do you ever meet her kid I did. Isn't oh Monty the God. most outrageously he, adorable? He is the... I, I've, oh God, I'm going to offend all my friends now with children, <laughs> but he's the nicest child I've ever met. He's He'll call you sir. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. He's like got this amazing... like. 
smiley face and like this positivity which is just so infectious like he just he waves to everybody and he's like he's just amazing I've never met a child like him I really he, haven't I know, and I, know. I, I used to say to Daisy are you sure that's your child <laughs> it's like he's way sunnier than you it's true it's totally true um, did you get to work with the creative team like were Marsha Norman and Lucy Simon were they all around for the for they this? were they were not for um uh, as much time as I was originally led to believe um, they, they came in a few times to work on it um, and it was nice because we got to change some things together yeah. which felt like you know I was part of the creative process with them which is always fun um, but uh, I know Marsha was was a little bit ill at one point um, so she couldn't come back for a while so we kind of lost them for, for a, a extended period of time um, I think if she'd have been well they probably would have been yeah, there a bit more often. And what made you want to do it? I mean, it was uh, the production was amazing. You were amazing in it. What, but you. like, I feel like coming from, I mean, you have this unbelievable career in London. What made you want to come and like do regional theater in in the U.S.? Well, uh, you know, I've always wanted to work in America. Um, I, I always liked the idea of just kind of opening the door to to being here and and potentially working stroke living here um and my agent called me up and they said uh we've got this you know audition for you if you want uh, for the secret garden it's in washington and seattle and i'd heard seattle was a, a great theater to work mm-hmm. in as well at the fifth avenue there and i thought well this could be fun yeah why not and i you know i knew the secret garden and i knew archibald is a great character to play this kind of troubled angst ridden you know um character which is is, is not my norm, you know, I normally play the kind of um, well, leading often, man. Uh, well, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, you know, it's, it's such a great, interesting character to play. Um, and so I sent in an audition tape, and um, and they said, yeah, sure, come and come over and play him. Yeah, and I did. <laughs> but you're not going to Seattle, unfortunately, right? not. Yeah. No, because obviously I'm, you have another I'm, job. I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you about just like your career in London and like how mm-hmm. you got started. Um, I was looking at like just your credits and there were like just like way too many to list. <laughs> How did you break in in London? Like what is the process of is it similar to New York where you just go on auditions and how did you break into the business over there? I did a very unorthodox route. Um I studied as an actor in in Manchester, a place called Manchester Met and moved down to London. Uh didn't bother going to my student showcase I thought oh, really? I don't need to bother with that I'm going to go to London and just work because I was so arrogant and green I mean you were right though <laughs> you I made was, the right choice well yeah kind of <laughs> well, I wouldn't choose I wouldn't tell any student out there to make this, these choices um uh, I just, yeah, so I, I just moved to London and I I went to an open audition and I landed it and it was actually um pageant by yes, Bill Russell, right. who actually I met the other day because he came and saw the show. Wow. Um, and so I've got a lot to thank Bill for, you know, yeah. <laughs> starting me off because that actually was a very small, um, out, you know, off-Broadway, off, uh, we call it Fringe, uh-huh. off-West End mm-hmm. uh, production in in, uh, in a pub, basically. It was like above a pub in, wow. in, in, in Islington. Um, and, you know, it was like an audience of like 70 people a night. Uh, and then it transferred because it was so successful. It transferred to the West End, so that was my West End debut. Um, and uh, from that, I then went to. I, I didn't actually get an agent from that because I was playing a woman. <laughs> um, yeah, I was playing Miss Great Plains. People are now very confused on this podcast. <laughs> People know pageant. Pageant is oh, like, okay. oh, we love pageant. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was brilliant. Yeah, and um, they just did a revival of it here a couple, maybe a year ago. Okay. Yeah. 
Started your career as an understudy, if I'm not mistaken, right? God, it's a hard job. Um, it's uh, I I doff my cap to every understudy out there. It's so so difficult to be able to just jump into a role that you haven't rehearsed for five weeks. I think about the people who do it in musicals, you know, who like understudy. For example, we my friend Ellen was in uh, Priscilla, which like they have these like a chorus of like three women who one morning she'd be on for the left one, and one morning she'd be on for the right one, and like you have oh, the different. I don't know, like a swing, it, yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, well, I st- I my um. A second job actually was uh, was a swing in Miss Saigon. No way! And, uh, yeah, and so I learned the hard way yeah. that, that actually I, I kind of feel like everybody should be a swing at some point in their career to appreciate. Yes. The, well, I was going to ask you: Do you find that it makes you kinder to the people who do those jobs? Oh, God, in your yeah. Shows now, yeah, you know, you appreciate because it's it's the hardest job in the show. Yeah. Because you're having to just jump into all these different characters continuously on a different day uh, you know sometimes I sometimes I mean there was one day when I was doing the show and there were like five guys down and my fellow swing was off ill and I had to like cover these five characters within like dreamland you know I'm having to run have a fight with this guy and then I had to say this line over here that the other guy said and then, you know just I was, it was basically like a one man show it was like, <laughs> one man Miss Saigon I like that dream island then, um, yeah so, that is crazy yeah I was also understudying Chris as well so that was that was a, an extra added um, amount of work on top I so just can't was, even it imagine mad. it was mad in 2011 you were nominated for two no sorry 2010 you were nominated for no, 2011, you're right. 2011? Yep, yep, yep. For productions that started in 2010, maybe? Uh, yes. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, Within that year, the 10, 11 year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And you were nominated in, I want to say, Best Leading Actor. Is that in right? In a musical. In a yeah. musical for Love Story. That's right, yeah. And then Best Supporting Actor in a musical. for In a Musical, <laughs> Into, Into the, the Woods. Into the Woods. Yeah. Wolf and Cinderella's Prince. Yeah. Um, that was... Uh, it was actually in those in those days back then there was only a best supporting performance in a musical so right. so it was a mix between Is male and female now? yeah they now have two separate categories so right, best supporting right. actress best supporting actor in a musical how was it um, to be nominated for two olivias in one night it was madness it was uh it was quite funny actually because my my f- fellow co-star in love story emma williams um the brilliant Emma Williams, she texted me um, that morning and said, congratulations, uh, what did she say? She said, congratulations, talented boy, or something like that. And I was like, what? I didn't realise the Olivier's were being announced. I oh, never really? clue what she was on about. And I was like, what the hell is she going on about? <laughs> anyway, um, like, you know, you know, flicking through my phone and then, you know, <laughs> checking Twitter or whatever I was doing. And, and, and t- oh, it's the Olivier nominee. Oh, ooh, I might have been nominated for Olivier. Oh, this is so exciting. So I went online and, you know, got my computer on and, Turned it on. I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" I was just looking through the other categories and was like, "Is this a mistake? <laughs> if I'm there as well. It can't be right." Um, and apparently, the only two other actors that have ever been nominated um, twice in the same year are Tom Hiddleston and Judy Dench. So, oh my so it's god! Pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> I one time walked Judy Dench backwards down the stairs to the restroom. Backwards. Yep. I was, was at right? the Covent Garden Hotel. Was she drunk? No, I was. I, I <laughs> or were was you coming, drunk? <laughs> I, I probably was a little bit. I was coming up the stairs. Have you ever been to Shea Max at the Covent Garden Hotel? 
Um, it's on, I don't even know where it is, but it was like the weekend of the BAFTAs and she was all dressed up and I was coming up from the bathroom and she was coming down and I was like, oh my God, that's Judy Dench. And she just looked at me and she goes, hello. And I went, hello. And she took my arm and I was like, I'm going to walk backwards down these stairs. Oh, that's hilarious. So she was going forwards and you were going backwards. I love that. She just made you walk backwards. But I couldn't believe it. I was shaking the whole time. I was like, that's Judy Dench. Brilliant. Didn't you drop your robe on the floor for her? You know? Of course, exactly. So what do you have coming up? You're you're going to be done after 20 weeks, and then what? At the minute, it's an open-ended card. Will you so stay here? A, I'm hoping so. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to work here more. You know, amazing. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to do some um, some TV and film out here as well. Yeah, you know, that should be, be easy for you. Fun. Well, who knows? <laughs> I, was, I was hoping. <laughs> well, thanks for doing our little podcast. No worries. I feel no like worries. I've calmed down. I'm sorry that we were 10 minutes yeah, late for you. you. There's absolutely no need to apologize. <laughs> okay. Bye. Just a girl in the light. All those notes in black and white. Theater People is a product of Theater Podcast Productions and is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. I edited this episode. Special thanks to our sponsor, Stage Door Manor. You can check them out at stagedoormanor.com. And thanks also to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Roselle, Ty Williams, and Cynthia Wallach. Special thanks also to Steve Tipton, Eric Emsch, Keith Allen Herzog, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back on Wednesday, yes, the day after tomorrow, with one of my all-time favorite actresses, significant other's Rebecca Naomi Jones. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Bye.